Well, good morning. God bless you. May uh, the delight of the Lord be upon you as we uh, journey through this morning. Um, I remember uh, hearing uh, probably several months ago how uh, disappointing a fall coloration this was supposed to be. Well, I don't know. I think it's coming around. It's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I think it is really coming around. And um, you know, learn that uh, these projections are just guesses in a lot of ways. And uh, I thought, well, we're getting way too much rain. That, that you know, it's like uh, the, the lack of rain gives you a real drab fall. But uh, we really started getting some good rain. And uh, God, you've got to have some good things in store for us. He always does. And uh, all right. Well, I, uh, again, I trust it's been a uh, great week, good uh, morning for you, and uh, that we are ready to be in worship of the Lord. Take a few moments if there are some announcements that want to be made. Yes, yes, please. Okay, you know how things go for us. <laughs> Everybody's schedules and so forth. Uh, we will not have bells on Wednesday. We need to have them at Tuesday evening. So if I told you another time, I'm sorry, this is the final. We will meet on Tuesday. Now, trying to arrange everybody's schedule, we'll have to start at 7. I may have said 6, but make it 7, please. 7 on Tuesday evening. And then the other thing, bells and choir, and pastor, we still won't get you no matter what we try to do. <laughs> That's um, right, we'll meet after Sunday school. So about 1020, those who can be here, and Bob will come up when he finishes with Sunday school on the 31st when we do the bells and the choir. So those are our changes, and we'll just have to work with the best we can. All right, very good. Now, may I have another? Yes, please. All right, like for everyone to welcome, we have a soloist this morning from Chillicothe High School. This is Asher Pendle, and we're so glad to have you this morning. Your family is with you. First time I met Asher, he was five years old. He was just a go-getter, and you should, you'll be very impressed with his ability this morning. So nice to have you. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> There's a touchy question now. It's like, uh, how old were you? Yeah, well, oh, she was, how old was I? She was 29. I'm right? now, so. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yes. Well, as uh, if you've heard, heard the saying, there's one in every crowd. Dick makes up for two in every crowd. So it's, uh, we thank you for uh, uh, what you add to our service. Um, all right, well then, no other announcements. Let's uh, continue in our service. Our call to worship will be uh, joining us pretty soon. And let's stand.
reading. Oh Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger. Do not chasten me in your wrath. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am hiding away. Heal me, O Lord, for my bones are dismayed. And my soul is greatly dismayed. But you, O Lord, how long? Return, O Lord, rescue my soul. Save me because of your loving kindness. Amen. Amen. Well, let's keep singing. Child of weakness, watch and pray. 
a freshman. <laughs> There's a lot of growth in that beautiful voice. Thank you, Asher, very much. All right. Yes. And it's the right kind of music to be singing. My goodness, when we get, uh, this is like a rehearsal for heaven. I mean, one of these days we're going to be really, really putting it out there, aren't we all? And uh, this is just practice for all of us. Thank you. Um, well, it's, um, we're still practicing and uh, trying to get a lot of things right. Uh, one of the ways we try to get some things right is not do so many things on our own. So when it comes time to getting some things right, we ask God's help. And so let's, uh, let's prepare to do that. Uh, a good way of warming up is uh, giving thanks to God for what he's done in our lives. Maybe some of you have some uh, testimonies this morning, something you'd like to share. Um, I've already shared, you know, I just... Uh, Love the colors we're starting to get, and uh, wasn't going to doubt that uh, that we could get some good colors, and um, and I chose to trust that uh, what God started is still happening, and He's making it happen out there. Beautiful. Uh, at the Wesley Church this morning, I I think I counted there were like three different people who talked about uh, different trips that they took, that uh, they had some car problems at the right time. Uh, one of them was uh, taking a friend to a hospital in uh, Columbus and uh, uh, got home yesterday and, um, uh, or not yesterday, a couple days ago and, and after, after making this big trip in the big city and getting back, um, next morning they went out to the car, it wouldn't start. <laughs> better, better to have that happen at home than, than uh, Columbus so, so far away. So, but it was just, uh, I marveled that, uh, you know, it seems like on some Sundays, uh, a lot of the testimonies be, are of a certain thing. And uh, it's like uh, God's having a special on a certain thing. I don't know what it is, but uh, uh, that's the way it seemed to happen. Um, so let's see what God's doing special in your lives. Who's got one to share? I've got two. Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> Yesterday. Got to see some of that fall foliage on my three-year-old drive to Woodbridge. You see, one of two remaining aunts in my life, who is 89, going to be 90 very soon. She is in a nursing home down there, and we, they put together this tent structure and stuff her back in the back <laughs> and covered her with blankets. And we spent a few hours with her. And her son from Florida came up with his wife, so we got to see them. And like my sister and I, we had a wonderful time with our cousins and just joy of vacation for us. And then seeing the beautiful bees changing, and I had noticed it at my house on Friday, so I was like, yes, here it comes. <laughs> and I usually don't see good foliage at my house, but I do this year. Also, as I'm leaving down there, I got on Facebook for just a heartbeat and had to check something out. We have all been praying for my friend's son, Finn, who is the micro preemie. He came home yesterday. Oh, wonderful. oxygen, but he's like three months old and finally home. So, Hallelujah. Those were the two big praises in my life yesterday. <clears throat> And I'm sure there's more. I just have yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pastor, yes, Bob. I'll, uh, is a joy. Um, it's almost like you and I had coordinated when you uh, began this part of the service with 
So often we try to do things on our own. Uh, at Sunday school this morning, we were learning the story of when uh, Simon Peter uh, decided he would follow Jesus. And that was very clearly, uh, he wanted to do things his way and uh, had to realize that he was not in control. Uh, Sunday school <laughs> continues to uh, be a blessing. The uh, series Chosen is an excellent uh, video that uh, explains uh, the ministry of Jesus, and uh, one of our class members said they're using terms that we can understand very easily. It's not um, a lot of these and thous and uh, begats and things like that. And so we continue to uh, really be blessed to have yes. that opportunity. Amen. Yes. Uh, I, again, I, I strongly endorse that. It's a good series uh, and um, very well done. Um, and uh, those who put it together, if, uh, they're, they're just very adept at uh, showing transformed lives. And um, boy, that's a clear message. Clear message. Yes, please. Um, my granddaughter is, I don't know if it's a joy or concern, one or the other, or both, because she's holding her own, but she's still got, she passed out yesterday. Her heart rate goes up when they take the oxygen thing off. So she's, uh, she's just, she's getting anxious. I mean, she's been there for two weeks and she's uh, struggling. Okay. And she uh, has a fairly good day and a bad day. All right. Glad she's got the desire. I'm, so I'm glad she's got the desire. That sounds oh, like yeah. she's really she's trying hard. Yeah, yeah. She is. All right. She's very determined. Yes. I think I hear a siren. That's early prayer request. Okay. Anybody else? All right. Well, we do. Uh, yes. I kind of have a joy and concern, but uh, it's kind of unspoken. But it's for our son Cam and Caroline. So please keep them in your prayers this week. All right. So we're to remember to rejoice and pray for both. Right. All right. Not just one or the other, but both. Okay. Here I we'll... have a concern. I, I am, you all know that I went over a year ago and got my bottom teeth pulled, and I have to drop back and hunt to find a new dentist who will accept my insurance because the one who's doing the work no longer accepts any kind of insurance. Hmm. So I am starting the journey over again now that I have no more bone fragments coming out of my mouth and going to try to get finished with it. And one of the things that I'm trying to do is find a dentist local who will take my insurance and not want to um, build a new house with my money after they get done with it. <laughs> <laughs> with the option of implants. And uh, I just was like one just, I mean, it was like amazing how much it was going to be to and consider implants with him, and I thought, I, I might be done, but I know, my in, even with my insurance and the other dentist and two different companies being paying for it, it was not going to be near this, so. Okay. I'm going to another one, and they have not given me a quote yet. I have met with them. I have to take them a little bit more information, and then they'll give me a quote, and I'm just, I really, 
they touched my heart. <laughs> we talked about God a little bit. And they so would. I'm trusting him that this is the one that will All right. meet my needs. All right. Terrific. So just pray for yeah. Yeah, and, and in this day and age, I think that's a topsy-turvy kind of a situation we find ourselves in. As you pray for Nance, um, I think about others who are in that same kind of position. They haven't found the person yet, uh, not even close. Um, yes, yes. Okay. Oh, I, I meant to uh, say this earlier, but it probably fits in very well at the prayer time. And this goes out especially for those of you who are listening to us online, um, those of you who used to uh, enjoy our live streaming. And uh, for whatever reason, the last few weeks, month or so, we've been uh, having difficulties with trying to get the live stream going. And uh, I, I just... We don't have a good explanation. It's um, uh, some uh, something scandalous going on, trying to take things down. But uh, we're not going to let that happen. We're just uh, going to keep at it. We've got a, a lot of effort trying to uh, come through with that. But I've I've heard this uh, a bunch of other churches, a uh, bunch of other people doing internet things. Just stuff's going on, and um, and uh, what used to be able to be done with a keystroke is now taking a lot of extra effort and uh, and so we just pray pray for our service pray for everyone else who's struggling struggling with uh, internet uh, services and uh, uh, leave that as a matter of prayer just we we can't offer live stream but we can offer it later in the week for people to pick up the service so those of you that's been an inconvenience uh, our apologies, but we're working on it, uh, trying to figure out uh, what the answer is. And uh, uh, we want to try to hope that uh, the day comes soon that live streaming will be back at, uh, for those who've been following the Tyler service. And thank you for being patient. All right, so any other prayers? Okay, well, um, two, three more things. Um, and, and uh, that is, um, uh, those of you who uh, need that extra help from above for your Christian service, there's something you're trying to do. Maybe you're even still trying to discern what it is that God is leading you to do. You know there's something. And you just need that uh, hand of God to reach down to you. We'll reach your hand up to Him. Just indicate by just lifting your hand, God, I need that help. All right. Um, also, those who don't know Jesus Christ, uh, and you're still praying for them. All right, you want them to find faith. And if you would just lift your hand up as a, just like a prayer, prayer to God, just uh, lifting it up and letting him know. All right, uh, along with that, uh, we'll be taking our offering pretty soon. We'll just go ahead and have, uh, uh, we'll have the dedication of that now and uh, we'll collect it here in a minute. Um, never obligate our guests. Um, your offering is being here, all right? So we thank you for, for, for being here, but we don't obligate our guests. Uh, you have another church that you need to faithfully support, and uh, we uh, honor you to honor that church, okay? Um, but we're just so uh, happy you're here. Um, so uh, let's, um, let's prepare our hearts again um, by our prayer course. It'll be up on the board here in just a moment.
Okay. God, wonderful, wonderful Savior. We thank you, dear Father, for embellishing our world with beauty and, and joy and so many different delights. The freedom to travel in this country, the ability to travel, vehicles that work. Thank you for that, which was something of a family reunion with the centerpiece being an 89-year-old aunt. So we just uh, so grateful that that took place. Uh, thank you for a micro preemie who's home, not micro anymore. We thank you for that uh, young life uh, growing with, uh, with gusto. And we thank you for a family that's rejoicing. Uh, we thank you for a Sunday school series that's going on and we uh, we're so, so grateful, our Father, for uh, that which was artfully done and encouraging and inspiring to, to the hearts. We pray, Father, for a granddaughter who um, passed out, but she's improving, she's getting care, and this is a sign of what's right and what's wrong in her. Thank you that she's got the desire to try. Uh, we pray, Father, for an unspoken request for Cam and Carolyn. We pray, Father, for the uh, not only the request of their need, but also the, the the joy for that which is right and good. 
We pray for those who are looking for discernment, trying to figure out um, where to get the physical help that their body needs and how to do it without uh, blowing the bank account uh, entirely. We thank you for Nance who seems to believe that you've indicated what the answer is for her. And we pray for others. We pray for, for those who are struggling with health and they need aid. We ask you, Father, to watch over each and every one. We pray for our nation. We pray for our leaders. We would help, hope that uh, our leaders would make all the right decisions. We know there are a lot of them who hope the same thing. They're hoping to make the right decisions. They don't always know what the right decision is. Above all, we hope that they make the right decision in following you. After that, a lot of things are so much secondary. We pray our dear Heavenly Father for our nation's leaders to make the primary decision, the Christian decision, the decision to, to be able to turn their back on sin and be able to follow the Savior. Holy Father, may that be our prayer more and more when we think of our nation. Yeah, we wish they'd get decisions right that would benefit us. But oh, Father, the primary decision that needs to be made. We pray for just good old-fashioned plain decency to be showing up again in all our avenues of life, a place where it seems to be in short supply. We pray in our, in our entertainment that it too rises to the level of decency and encouragement and even inspiration. Pray, Father, that you take and use our lives and be able to find those who um, need the message glorious, that we could somehow display that to them, show it to them, explain it to them, be an example of it. Father, we want to be used by you. For every hand that was up and every heart that leapt in their chest, we just pray, Father, that they, they too can find the help that they need from heaven to be able to guide them in their service to you. And we ask you, Father, a special blessing on those who just are so convinced that they know what they're going to do and that they know that you've led them. We just ask you, Father, to just help all our hearts to just give thanks to you for their certainty. We pray for those who are lost, all the hands that went up. Our Father, we, we just know so many people need you. And there's so many more beyond that that we don't even know about all throughout this world. We ask you, Father, work in the lives of missionaries, help them to find the dark corners and bring light to it. We pray, Father, for all the gifts that we bring to you. They would be nothing if we just place them in the, in the plate with a lot of pride. We place our gifts before you with great humility and ask that you would touch and bless them as you once touched the fish and the loaves and multiply them for usefulness. And the gifts and the service that we've offered through this week, by faith we put those in the plates as well. We ask you to be with our guests and our Heavenly Father that they uh, 
their lives as a witness to you, that you use that especially as, uh, as that which was made holy and sanctified and placed in an offering before you that you found as uh, sweet fragrance pleasing to you. Dear Father, in all these things we lift up our hands to you and rejoice and cry holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Heaven and earth are full of your glory. One day we'll see it in its fullness. We thank you in Jesus' name. Prepare for the giving of our tithes and offerings. Again, if it's not your Sunday to give, as a plate goes by, put your faith in there. We'll, we'll ask that of even of our guests. Put your faith in there. verses 11 and 12. We're um, not really finishing the series. We're close to it. Um, but uh, we've come to a good, another good high point, I think, in the, uh, in the passage that we've been following along. Uh, verses 11 and 12. My son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord or loathe his reproof. For whom the Lord loves, he reproves, even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights. 
This is the great and wonderful word of the Lord as he speaks uh, peace and life and health into our souls. The body of Christ hungers for heavenly attention. When it's at its best, it craves that. It craves unity, it craves wholeness. When it is floundering, it wonders where it can find the source of that unity and wholeness. But we know the very source of unity and wholeness for the body of Christ is not up for debate and certainly not up for vote. It's simply the word of truth. It's the very guide that leads us through a world of confusion. Not just a world of confusion, but I think sometimes we uh, <clears throat> run into a world of ecclesiastical, ecclesiastical confusion. It's a, it's a strange world out there where people out in the world looking for something to sort things out and make things right, and then they come to the church and they find just as much confusion. That's uh, disheartening. Uh, church at its best knows what straightens out the confusion. It gives a security and a serenity, and a confidence that's rooted in the Word of God. And it sets the body, the body of Christ, at ease, even in the midst of a turbulent world. Church purposely does not elevate man. Church is not a place where we arrive to celebrate the brilliance of human accomplishments. It's not a place where we celebrate any human wisdom. But it's a place where we come to honor the coming of our Savior. It's a place where we come with a uh, determined confidence to know the source of our redemption is <clears throat> the way out of uh, human confusion. Lest anyone is confused, wondering if the church is a place where human thoughts should be heard or divine thoughts should be heard or if it's a place where uh, any human person should be worshipped <clears throat> or that God alone should be worshipped. I think our passage arrives at an obvious answer um, this morning. So let's uh, again focus on that. I'm, I'm simply just going to kind of go from keyword to keyword in the passage and uh, comment along the way. And uh, I'm going to just start with the first one. <clears throat> Starts off says, my son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord. I'm just going to latch onto that word reject. Don't reject the discipline of the Lord. When it comes to the discipline of the Lord, our attitude toward it should not be that of rejection. The Hebrew word timnos means despise, refuse, uh, with the whole idea of casting something out as if it were rubbish to us. <clears throat> I mean, what a strange thought to somehow conclude, excuse me, <clears throat> to somehow con conclude 
that the, the very divine and orderly thoughts of the Almighty would be as ordinary trash to us and cast it out. I mean, that's, that's terribly unwise. It's, uh, it's like, as one said, uh, to confuse the difference, to think that the Ten Commandments are the Ten Suggestions. They're not suggestions. Uh, we focus on man's own assessment that he can live without God's guidance as most irresponsible. Um, and to somehow to think that we in our own strength can effectively cast out the very commands and disciplines of God, I mean, it's, it's, it's audacious. Um, even uh, as much as humanity has taken up this kind of a disregard, one day, one day, and when they're standing before God, they're not going to be able to say to God, I wish you would have let me know that these words were that important. I wish you would have let me know that your discipline was that essential to life. God will be able to say, well, I didn't need to let you know. You kind of knew that when you cast them out. Um, be a tragic day when that happens. Nor will we be able to make the excuse that I just didn't have time to take those words up and read what my discipline ought to be. Romans one twenty one says, For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations and the foolish heart was darkened. <clears throat> to be able to take the word of God and cast it out, which 2 Timothy 3.16 describes as being all scripture is inspired, God breathed. All scripture is inspired by God, profitable for teaching, reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that man, the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. And, and cast that out in favor of what? The very thing that, that changes year by year, month by month, sometimes day by day. Change, changes at the whim of man. God's word's never been changed. Much of some have tried. God's word has never been changed. Okay, so then what then is being rejected? Discipline, right? It says, my son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord. Now, this is not discipline like what are good healthy habits that we should have, vocational habits at work, social habits in life. What are, it's not the same kind of thing as those kinds of disciplines. Uh, you know, the, these are disciplines with respect to um, God's chastening words toward us. We've done something wrong. It's his chance to correct us. Uh, it's um, the, the kind of thing we experience in a, in a human way, it's like in school, when we 
have to admit that the uh, that we needed the Board of Education to arrive at the seat of uh, our learning, right? It's uh, uh, it's those times when uh, correction is most needed. Um, if we were on the road trying to get to Florida and someone says, um, I hate to point this out, you're uh, heading north. You're going to get to you're going to get to the Arctic Circle long before you ever get to Florida going this way. Well, that's correction, isn't it? That's correction. It's, uh, it's not throwing a tantrum correction. It's just, it's correction. It's a correction that needed to happen. David had to see this for himself when he sinned with Bathsheba and then tried to cover up the murder of her husband. God disciplined David disciplined him rather severely. In fact, he gave him three options. I'll give you these three options, David, what consequences will be here, and I'll let you pick out which one of them you, you want for yourself. That's, uh, I mean, uh, when, uh, when the parents would say, you want, would you want me to use the paddle, or you want to go out to the willow tree and get the switch, or would you want to, you know, some kind of thing like that, give you the option, it's like you're choosing your own punishment. Oh my goodness. And, uh, but what God is saying is, you're not going to get out of this. You're going to get what you need to get. It's, uh, it's God on the Mount Sinai giving uh, Moses two tablets that had those Ten Commandments. Not once, but twice. Uh, it's Moses under the direction of the Almighty repeating the whole law before the assembly of Israel, before the people of God, um, before they crossed over into the, the Jordan River into the promised land. It's, it's uh, you're, you're the generation before you that rebelled. They heard this already. I'm going to give this to you afresh before you cross over so you have the right instruction and guidance. It's a whole thing we find in, in Job 5.17. It says, Behold how... Happy is the man whom God reproves. So do not despise the discipline of the Almighty. Happy. Well, someone says, how in the world could I be happy if I'm being corrected for something I've done wrong? Well, it's one thing to be punished for what you've done wrong. But the whole idea of correcting someone is to get them turned around so they can do right. We don't want you to repeat this error again. Let's get this turned around so it never has to happen again. Thank you, Lord. I sure don't want this to happen again. It's, uh, Isaiah 53, verse 5 says, um, But he was pierced through for our transgression. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our well-being was upon him. And by his scourging, we are healed. Now, this is the strangest thing. This is speaking of Jesus Christ, speaking of, of Calvary, uh, the very one who came into this world who did nothing wrong. And yet the Heavenly Father chastened him. Well, he didn't do anything wrong. Why chasten him? Well, because he was taking the sinfulness of all humanity upon himself so that our sins could be redeemed. And while he had that sinfulness on him, the Heavenly Father chastened that 
I, I don't ask me to explain it nor, nor, nor understand it. But it come, becomes something of an example to us that the very thing that God the Father was doing in behalf of God the Son in our behalf was illustrating a fatherhood, a parenthood, a heavenly example of that. So we could see how essential and wonderful that is. Remember what it says in Hebrews. It says, for the, for the joy of the cross, the joy, he endured the pain, he endured the suffering, the joy that was set before him. And, uh, and so even Jesus, the son, of, the son of God, could say the very same thing. Uh, how happy, how happy it is to be corrected, even though he did nothing wrong. How, how happy to do this right thing. Uh, the next word we come to is loathe. Loathe. It's, um, my son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord or loathe his reproof. Now, if you've got a King James, it says to be weary. Uh, and I'll, I'll get to where that makes sense. Uh, but it's a Hebrew word, teikos. It's, um, it means such words like detest, abhor, be grieved, reject, refuse, uh, in the sense of to reject it as a sickening dread to us. It would be like gesturing to God the vomit signal, all right? Uh, 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 you know, it, it, when with respect to his reproof. All right, my son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord or loathe his reproof. And God's wanting to reprove us and we say, no way, God, this is sickening to me. Uh, your plan, your idea, I, I don't want it. Don't bother me with it. What an insult to the Almighty to behave this way toward him. And so God is saying through the proverb to us, don't be repulsed toward something that is your good. This is uh, horrible behavior, unwise, detrimental behavior. Don't loathe it. It would be horrible. With the King James word, the, don't weary it. Uh, it's like the, the, the sense that, it's not like working all day and getting fatigued. I'm weary that way. But it's the, the, the kind of more the, the mental thing, being wearied at something that bothers you. It's like, God, don't bother me with this. Don't bother me. And uh, to be able to say that is, uh, is just almost uh, frightening to ponder that someone would be uh, so negative towards something that is so good. The very thing that God offers to make us better, we in our sinfulness decide to choose a different course. It's either having the nerve or the gall to say about God's Bible, God, the Holy Bible. Uh, it's like saying to him, gag me with a spoon. I mean, why, why would a Christian certainly wouldn't ever resort to such a thing? Why would we? Why would we? Worldly-minded people are so skewed that they can't recognize it as truth or good for them, <clears throat> nor can they recognize it 
Acts 26 illustrates this. In verse 24, it shows the Apostle Paul was offering his witness in the court and, in, and uh, explaining his uh, Christian testimony. And it says this, it says, while Paul was saying this in his defense, Festus said in a loud voice, Paul, you are out of your mind. Your great learning is driving you mad. When a mindset, when a mindset can't discern truth from lunacy, you know, something has gotten short-circuited in the brain somewhere. To not recognize the foundational truth of the Word of God is the most extraordinary thing. Naaman was still fuming over the prescription that the prophet gave him to go and dip myself in that filthy Jordan River seven times as a pretended cure for my leprosy. I wouldn't dare. We've got better, better rivers back home. And yet, <clears throat> it was his assistant who said to him, had the prophet given you some great assignment, wouldn't you have done that for your healing? And that sort of brought Naaman to his senses. Said, well, if this, yeah, why not? For a moment, it was his pride that was standing between him and his healing from leprosy. And once he got over it, was able to see through it and saw the sense of it, he realized that this, this if it works, this will be great. And he, he tried it and found that the assistant's words to him were as the words of God. It was spirit and truth. And it led to his health and wholeness. Oh, how we stand in the way of health and wholeness because of the horrible thing of pride that gets in us. It says here, for whom the, says my son do not reject the discipline of the Lord or loathe his reproof. This word, the emphasis is on uh, correction um, as uh, punishment, as a chastisement, as a, as a, but more with the emphasis of uh, of arguing to demonstrate that something that was right was violated. Something that was true was violated. Now, it's one thing to be able to stand in front of, of uh, a person and say, what you did was wrong, you should have done this instead, without explaining what made it wrong. Um, or to be able to come to someone like that and say, well, tell me why that was wrong. Tell me why it was wrong. No, I'm not going to tell you. You just listen to what I say because I said it. Well, that, that, that's not an explanation. And God is not that way. He's willing to explain it to us why something was wrong. And if we give him the chance, if we sit down and patiently uh, pay attention to what he says, and so, my son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord, nor loathe his reproof, nor loathe his um, validating statement about why what we did was wrong. Don't reject that, he says. Um, if, if God doesn't correct us, what's the chance that man's correction will be any better, right? 
God is willing to correct us and explain it to us and sort it out so we can understand it in our hearts and minds. It's like a teacher um, taking the, the quiz that we, uh, we just turned in and, and uh, not only marking what was wrong, but writing in what the right answer would have been so we can turn around and use that to study for our test. Uh, it helps us. It prepare. Now we failed at one thing, but we don't want to fail at something that's worse. Uh, so we want to get it right. And so our heavenly teacher is there to help us get it turned around. The next word we run into really, really puts it all in perspective. My son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord or loathe his reproof, reproof for whom the Lord loves, it says. For whom the Lord loves, he reproves. Whom the Lord loves, he loves, he loves us. That sort of puts it in perspective, doesn't it? To know that above all things, why God is doing what he does is because he loves us. Because he loves us. This Hebrew word, it's uh, love that can occur with respect to anything, toward food, toward objects, toward friends, family, spouse, humanity, uh, toward concepts like righteousness and holiness, uh, toward nations. It's, it's love that's applied in a lot of ways and God loves a lot of things. We find throughout the scriptures uh, that uh, God loves this, he loves that, he loves Israel, he loves, uh, uh, it, it says in Psalm, 10, uh, Psalm 11, verse seven, it says, for the Lord is righteous, he loves righteousness. Uh, are we surprised he loves so many things? He's behind those things. What he makes, what he has made is worth loving. We ought to be in loving habits toward the things that he's made. And so he corrects us because he loves us. He wants us to get things turned around out of his, his pure love for us. By the way, do you feel loved? That's uh, how God wants us to feel. Sometimes we don't always receive it very well and it's not because of him, it's because of us. We rush around, we may put ourselves at a sort of a, a crazy pace and we don't stop long enough to sense that he loves us. Slow down, if that's you, slow down a little bit. <laughs> catch, let that love catch up to you. My stepfather was fond of telling me when, uh, when I was uh, in, in need lots of correction. <laughs> um, my stepfather was fond of telling me about the preacher who uh, put it this way, he said, uh, Parents are so unfair when they're not willing to correct their children. It kind of makes you wonder if they actually love their children. If they're not willing to correct them, how can we know that you even love them? Uh, and so we get all the scriptures that speak about God correcting those he loves. Um, next word is reprove, but it's a different Hebrew word behind it. It's uh, the Lord uh, loves those he reproves. For whom the Lord loves, he reproves. It's uh, the word that speaks of uh, convincing a person, pleading, maintaining, reasoning with a person. It's, uh, it's kind of like what we get in Isaiah chapter one where God says, come let us reason together. God is explaining and reasoning and pleading. I had a landscaper I worked with a couple of summers and um, I remember him one time uh, 
uh, telling me about a certain thing I was trying to do for him, he said, I really would appreciate it if you did it this way. <laughs> he didn't badger me, but it actually kind of made me feel worse that I was, I was kind of breaking his heart by not doing it the right way. And it's like, oh, I really would appreciate it if you would. And, and so I, you know, I felt what he was saying. Um, I, uh, again, you know, pleading, the pleading of God coming to us and asking us to, to change our course uh, for him. Psalm 94, verse 10, he who chastens the nations will in that rebuke even he who teaches man knowledge. Yeah, he, he, what he does for a whole nation, he'll do for individuals. He cares for every one of us. Um, why wouldn't he? Um, Deuteronomy 8, 15, he led you through the great and terrible wilderness with its fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty ground where there is no water. He brought water for you out of the rock of Flint. And uh, in his judgment, he reproves us and guides us and, and has got so many ways of getting the right answers to us if we just give him the chance. And we think, oh no, I just want to do it my own way. You can't get water out of the well because the well's dry, but that rock of Flint over there has got all the water you need in it. Just uh, trust me. Oh no, no, I want to do it my own way how important it is to do it his way. Just as a father, it says. Just as a father uh, corrects the son in whom he delights. The Lord loves us. He reproves us. He reproves us as a father would reprove his son. Deuteronomy 8.5 says, Thus you are to know in your heart that the Lord your God was disciplining you just as a man disciplines his son. Again, Hebrews 12, 6, for those whom the Lord loves, he disciplines and scourges every son whom he receives. It's when, when he is no longer disciplining us that we ought to worry. Because if he's no longer disciplining us, we'd have to question if he's quit loving us. Would that day ever happen? Um, and, and so it is. He disciplines us. Why? Well, because he's, his attitude is us is to, uh, that he's regarding himself as a father to us. Well, it's, it's no act on his part. It's what he is. It's who he is. He created this, this world that we live in with parents. He wrote the book on how parents can be better parents. The whole book of Proverbs, the great explanation of how to go about it. And illustration after illustration throughout the scripture, the course of scripture, giving us example after example, how, how to follow that example and correct as a father would correct children, as, as, a, as, a, as a mother would correct her children, as a parent would care about uh, those who they've brought into this world. We think about it in the book of Ecclesiastes. We think about uh, the example of Cain and Abel. We think about Hophni and Phinehas, Samson and David and Solomon, Jeremiah and Daniel and all those who uh, had their start as, and we, scripture gives witness how they were as young people and, and what took place and over and over again, example after example. Scripture shows how just as a father, God invented fatherhood. He understands it through and through. And again, he wrote the book on it. 
And there, therefore, God wasn't late in coming to a verse like Psalm 103, verse 13, that says, as a father pities his children, so the Lord pities them that fear him. That was in his heart from the beginning, fatherhood. And then we come to this, again, correction. As a father, even as a father corrects the son. And this would be more like the correction the way a judge would, uh, the way a courtroom would, or even a a science lab would verify uh, what had just happened. And so uh, this correction that comes that was determined what was wrong that needed to be correction, corrected. Proverbs thirteen twenty four. he who withholds his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him or corrects him diligently. This reminds us of the great passage in John chapter 16 that talks about how thoroughly God comes at the idea of correction and, and with, uh, with great attention. It says, and, and he, when he comes, will convict, speaking of the Holy Spirit, and he, when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, concerning sin because they did not believe in me, and concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you no longer see me, and concerning judgment because the ruler of this world has been judged. No one could judge over the things of this world and correct those things as thoroughly and as greatly and manifestly as God can. So what good hands we're in when we come before him. And here again, we see the picture of the Son of God hanging on the cross and the Father exercising atoning discipline in correcting the world's sin, offering us a chance to be able to find the greatest correction through him. Come to our last The word delight. Again, just the whole passage. My son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord or loathe his reproof. For whom the Lord loves, he reproves, even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights. You know, that's the main point. God's idea for us is he he wants to delight in us. And he does delight in us. He wants to exercise his delight over and over again. And and how often is it uh, that we just get so busy with life that we don't understand the emotions of God behind everything? It says he delights in us. Isaiah 42, verse 1, Behold my servant, he says, whom I uphold, my chosen one, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him and he will bring forth justice to the nations. God has a great amount of delight in himself that he wants to pour out. Proverbs 11, 1. A false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. God wants to delight in everything. Sometimes it seems like such a little thing that God delights in so greatly. Proverbs 22, chapter 12, verse 22, it says, Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who deal faithfully are his delight. 15.8, it says, The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. 
over and over again. Chapter 16, 13, righteous lips. The righteous lips are a delight of the kings, but he who speaks right is loved. Psalm 51, 16, for you do not delight in sacrifice, otherwise I would give it. You are not pleased with burnt offerings. God's not interested in just the performance. He's interested in the heart behind it. When we try our best and we fail and fall flat on our face, there are a lot of places in this world we expect to get a scolding after that. But Almighty God's different than that. A lot of us, when we're at our best, we don't behave that way towards others when we watch them try and fail. When we see them try and fail, we get down on our knees and get right next to them and help pick them up. We know you tried your best. You, you've got it in you. You're, one of these days, this will be easy for you. We know you can do it, but get up and try again. But in a minute, let me just love on you a bit. And, uh, and, and so this is, um, this is what we see God's heart is resting upon. His idea is to delight in us. Problem is that we look in this world, this world doesn't care that God delights, wants to delight in them. They turn their back on it. They're doing all kinds of other things, trying to search out, uh, not for the things that please God. They're trying to do, do all things on their own. They're, they're far more interested in what pleases them, walking their own way. Even though their span of life on earth is short, what they're passing up is the gain of all eternity with God. Of course, the notion of spending eternity with God is repugnant to them because they've made the wrong decision from begin beginning and they persist in it foolishly. It's a sad thing. Not even curious about it. Some of them not even curious until it's too late. Again, they're standing before the bar of judgment. Unless some like us are willing to help break their lines of concentration enough on their rebellious and obsessive ways to see the error in their ways and find mercy from God. God is a God who wants to delight in them. But this is the moment where we know that the investment has paid off. And following the course of Proverbs chapter 3, for example, anywhere in Scripture, the investments paid off in as much as we try to submit and follow the discipline, the correction of God, his reproofs. In as much as we search out his ways and try to follow him, try to understand the wisdom of them and try to get behind them. That once we've done all this stuff, sometimes we get so tunnel vision focused at it, we forget to see everything else. But the thing we shouldn't let pass by is after all this effort, all, of, all the things we're doing, that while, what God's goal in all of this for us is that so we can see what a great delight we are to him. That, that, that blows my mind. That blows my mind. Are we not a delight to him that moment our sinful clay becomes saved, that very time when our, our flesh that is like that which withers like grass of the field or the flower that fades somehow becomes inscribed into the book of life uh, by the mercy of Christ? Yes, yes, God's, God delights in that the very moment the journey begins for us. 
But the whole idea that this otherwise selfishly driven, egocentric member of humanity would lay down my unrighteous pride, not trusting in what my eyes see, but what my faith is able to receive, uh, choosing to be governed by the ambitions of God rather than my own ambitions, this whole idea that I drop it all before him and in his presence. That it's that moment, above all, that I ought to recognize what a great delight that is to God. That what he's achieved in me is a, an utter trust and reliance upon him that can call him not only God, but Father and I trust. What a delight. What a delight that is, my friends. Now I just briefly appeal in a quick conclusion, quick. Some of you have been rushing around so much, you're out of breath and not even stopping long enough to think about God's relationship to you. Um, that uh, you're so busy trying to please him, you haven't even stopped long enough to see the smile on his face. Everything seems to be a burden to you. And you're wondering, what in the world are you doing wrong? Might it be that you're just not taking enough time to stop and see the reality of it? He delights in you, my friend. If that burden has been a weariness to you, what this passage is suggesting that your investment has paid off. You haven't just gotten to the point where you've, you've read the bottom line in the portfolio yet. Take time, would you? Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you that in your mercy you've shown us the way, you've guided us into it, you've, uh, with great pleasure, great uh, affection, uh, you've taken personal pride in how you're leading us. Uh, we regret that we don't always respond well, and especially in this moment where the payoff is so huge. To be able to uh, see the smile on your own face and somehow miss it out of busyness. Help us, Father, to slow down and see it. May your grace be upon this uh, gathered group here today and those who gather at home by way of the internet. We pray, Father, that your mercy reach everyone, that we would understand the expression on your face that's meant for us is one that ought to lift our spirits. For we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we prepare to stand our closing hymn.
Sometimes obsess so much and trying to get so many things right, I'll relax. <laughs> uh, oh, how much better to have the right perspective and focus of the one who loves us and guides us. He's there for us. He's there at the beginning when we started it. He's there through the middle and there at the end, uh, every step along the way. Um, he doesn't want to be without us. He doesn't want us to be without him. And uh, I think we all agree to that. And, uh, may it be, that we are granted by His Spirit to grow ever more comfortable with that merciful attitude of His, His delight. May, may we not lose track of that. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.